We're celebrating Marketplace's 35th anniversary with some throwback thank you gifts available during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how much you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash donate. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash donate. Recently on the Marketplace Morning Report, you heard our Democracy in the Desert series. We took you to places characterized by researchers as news deserts to see what communities stand to lose when they're without a local news ecosystem, especially during an election year. This kind of reporting takes resources. David Brancaccio went on a six-day reporting trip with two of our producers, grounding themselves in these communities and meeting locals who are trying to find solutions and fill the gaps. Every donation to Marketplace helps sustain this kind of in-depth journalism. Please give what you can today at marketplace.org slash donate. Airbus's boss airs his discontent over how much progress they've made going green. Hello, and you're listening to the Marketplace Morning Report, live from the BBC World Service. I'm Leanna Byrne. Good morning. Aviation is responsible for around 2% of global carbon emissions. That's according to the International Energy Agency. And the industry is under pressure to develop greener engines. But is it going fast enough? Well, the boss of Airbus, as the world's biggest commercial airplane maker, doesn't think so. Guillaume Fauri has been speaking to my colleague Felicity Hanna. And she started by asking if Airbus will hit its target of flying hydrogen-powered planes by 2035. Yes, uh, the technology will be ready. Uh, this technology uh, is not a brand new technology. What is new is to bring it to, uh, to commercial aviation. Um, there are three main um, areas where we need to be ready. One is the product, so the technologies and the product. Then we have to deal as well with the new regulatory framework that needs to be invented and put in place. And we need as well the regulatory framework to certify the hydrogen plane. Do you agree that perhaps one key way to reduce emissions will be for people to fly less? No, I don't agree with this. Planes are fantastic modes of transport, but we have the challenge of carbon and it's on us to find a way to combine growth, demand for aviation uh, with the the constraints or with the urgency to address uh, climate change and therefore accelerating on decarbonisation of aviation. Ultimately, I want uh, our children and grandchildren to be able to enjoy flying on the planet. I think that's very useful and important for Mm. the human community living in peace together on this planet. But we have to be very fast on decarbonising those products and that's what Airbus Uh, is very committed to uh, delivering to the humankind. You talked about your children and and grandchildren. Are you confident that you're moving fast enough? No, no, we are not moving fast enough. Uh, Climate change is an urgency, and I would love to be able to go faster. And that's why we've put sustainability front and centre at Airbus. That's why we are advocating. That's why we want to play the role of catalyst in the industry, outside of the industry, uh, to accelerate the transition to to SAF and to decarbonise technologies. That's what we're trying to do, and I am absolutely convinced as as a community inside aerospace and outside, we are not fast enough. Airbus boss Guillaume Fari speaking to Felicity Hanna. Now, let's do the numbers. Japan's Nikkei closed 1.1% short of its all-time high and its other index. The topics closed up 1.2% and European stocks are on the up too. Europe's region-wide stock 600 is up six-tenths of a percent and Germany's DAX is also up. 
Now, it's election time in India in a few months. It's the world's largest democracy. But the country's main opposition Congress party is caught up in a tax dispute. Its bank accounts, with $25 million in them, have been frozen by the Income Tax Department. But they've now been unfrozen after it filed an appeal. The BBC's Yogita Limay reports. The Congress party has said its accounts were frozen for tax compliance issues from 2019. A spokesman said they discovered that banks were not releasing their money two days ago. After a petition to a tax tribunal, the accounts are now accessible, but the Congress party has been told to keep a minimum balance of nearly $14 million at all times, which it says is an effective freezing of funds. The Congress has accused the ruling BJP party of using state machinery to damage their prospects in the upcoming election. The Income Tax Department and the BJP are yet to respond to the accusations. You get a Lamar there. It's almost the weekend, so you might have some plans to be at a ticketed event. Well, you may have been subject to dynamic pricing. This is when companies adjust prices in real time to match market changes. The BBC's Gideon Long has been looking into this, and I asked him to explain why this pricing strategy has become so popular. The dilemma that retailers face is this. If they set prices for their tickets really high, then they open themselves up to the accusation that they're taking advantage of their fans. But if they set them too low, then what happens? Ticket touts or scalpers buy up the tickets and they sell them on the secondary market. And the same is true in the music industry. And it's been a real problem for a lot of top artists like Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen. I spoke to Dean Budnick. He's a music journalist based in the US. And he's the co-author of a book called Ticketmasters, The Rise of the Concert Industry, and how the public got scalped. And I asked him what the solution to this problem is. The reason why we have dynamic pricing is because these tickets are being resold at such a high markup. So what one could do, hypothetically, if governments wish to take this action, is they could limit the resale price of tickets. That's interesting, but it's not just in events, right? It's it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. So that's the music industry. But I've also been looking at dynamic pricing on the Indian railway system, for example. So a few years back, the company that operates the railways introduced a dynamic pricing model. It was a fairly crude one. It basically meant that the earlier you booked your ticket, the cheaper it was. But a lot of passengers in India aren't happy about it saying they can't really plan their journeys that far in advance and that ultimately this punishes the poorest people in society who really rely on trains in India to get around and can't always choose when they travel, especially when they're travelling to work. Gideon, it really sounds like there's a need for regulation in this space. So many people say that it does need to be brought in, particularly because technology now means that retailers can use algorithms to change the prices for their goods and services over and over again, every day, every hour, every minute, if they want to. I spoke to James Daly. He's the head of a consumer rights group here in the UK called Fairer Finance. There are no boundaries really around this at the moment, and there's no transparency around what's going into these pricing algorithms. You know, if this stuff is going to stay, there needs to be some rules around what is the limit, what is not acceptable, and also some transparency for customers so they understand the rules. James Daly ending that report. And finally, Sir Paul McCartney's stolen bass guitar used on iconic Beatles hits like Love Me Do and She Loves You has finally been found after 51 years. It turns out it was hidden away in an attic and it's estimated to be worth many millions. I guess it's going to get back to where it once belonged. I'm Leanna Byrne with the Marketplace Morning Report from the BBC World Service. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. 
from experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.